got now Shabbos. Just want to finish some things off from from Azino, and then we'll go on to say Sabocha. The Ikea part of Azino that's trying to tell us is only one God. There is, uh, that I think is the hardest uh, thing for any religion to, to have is the fact that good and bad, or, or not, 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 not nearly good and bad, but what's perceived as good and bad comes from the same Malkam. So by the, by the Goyim, and by the Christians, they have a Muhammad between Yoshke and the Sutton. Between good and bad. That's the their uh, melchome, but it's not good and bad coming from the same place. So the lotion, if you hold this too, please save me from what's happening to me because somebody's doing this to me and I need someone to save me. But the Emerson Rebbeinim says, I'm the guy. There's nobody with me. I kill. And I make alive. So basically, the real feeling should be when a person is sick or whatever it is, please, Rebbe stop hitting me. Now, why am I hitting you? Obviously, because you did something wrong and you deserve some punishment involved. So Chuvikam follows it. If it's a point of just praying to be saved, you know, so saved you know, from someone else. I don't have to do anything, you know. Uh, I didn't do anything wrong. Guys, someone's picking on me, so save me. So that's the point that he's trying to tell us. There's no such thing as anybody picking on you. So Bain is the one that's doing it. And if he's doing it, it means there's something wrong in what you're doing. And therefore, you have to miss in it. You do chuvah, it's no problem. Now, Stama to understand this whole thing of Vayishma Yishu Vayivot, that it's, it's, it seems to be a circle always. Uh, the Vayishil makes us rich, and we get so big that all of a sudden we decide we're it. Right? You, you know, the reason we're so rich is because we must have done something good. Not good that to God and God gave it to me, but good that I'm so smart and I figured out how to do all these things. So Vayivot, he revolts. What does he mean revolts? Doesn't that somebody means there's no God? But all of a sudden, and this is what I perceived, that people want to watch, want to believe at least, that their idea of what's right and wrong, that's the one that's going to be. So they, what they do is when they get rich enough, they all of a sudden do what they think is right, and they say, let's, let's see what you people do. Let's see your criticism now or not. And because of that, all of a sudden, people follow them because they're rich, they're powerful, whatever it is there, or they have influence and whatever it is, and therefore Vayivot has a tremendous effect on Kali Yisrael. And this thing, but we can't keep going back and forth. I mean, this is ridiculous. I mean, uh, when, we're, when we're good, God rewards us. When he rewards us, we become bad. And then we become bad, he punishes us. I mean, it's, uh, it's, 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 it goes around the circle. It, it doesn't make sense. So he's got to give us the answer how are we supposed to live?
And that's basically what he's trying to tell us in this whole thing, is that the Rabbeinishim controls everything. Now, even in the war, when it says one can, one or two can chase can a thousand or ten thousand, he says, Luchachmo, they would really understand that's not possible that's, that, that 10,000 should be afraid of two people. But we've seen it. We've seen it by the Holocaust. We've seen it that the, the Nazis were not that many. They were taking care of a concentration camp. And in the concentration camp, there were thousands, and they were all going to the gas chamber. And if they would have decided to charge the guys with the guns, the few guys that were there, a lot of them would have gotten killed. I, mean, I agree with you. The, the, the guy would be shooting them down. But what do you mean they're afraid of getting killed by the bullet? They'd rather die by the gas chamber? They're going to the gas chamber. So what is it? Why don't you attack them? Elavos, the Bencher makes such a fear that it's impossible to react. And that's the problem. And the Benjamin does that, but not in Eltsy soil. That's the funny part. Not funny, I mean, that's the haftoch, I guess, we got. That the Benjamin does this only be Eltsy Both Teichachas, you'll see that it's only in the enemy's land, and by the Goyim or Mangolus. But in Eltsy soil, uh, there's no fear of Goyim. And that's why the interesting thing is the Israelis never understood how could the Holocaust take place. Why don't you just charge you? Why don't you just do this? Why don't you just do that? Because they have no fear. So they have no fear. That's what they would have done. But if you have that pachad, that, that fear that's put in by the end. So the Benjamin controls your emotions. He controls all the things that happen to you. And if you realize that and you put yourself in God's hands and you realize God's the one that's running everything there wouldn't be ever a time of getting bad or good. I mean, laziness there may be, tiredness there may be, but it's not going to be any major uh, love or anything else. It would be you know, how you do the S's. You know, not the enthusiasm won't be there maybe and stuff like that, but the loving you won't do because you don't think, you're, you, you know who you are, you know who you are compared to Akim, and you know that salvation is giving you everything. And he's so kind to you, and he's so good to you. And if you look back at your life and see all the different things that happened to you till now, and see how they became and, and how much Hatove God did for you, I look back at myself, I see it clearly. I see my life, my wife, my, uh, my COVID, my, my Hanoia, all came through the Vashem, through st- things that happened. Not upset that I was such a big chacham and I went and I earned it, whatever it is. And that's the part, and I believe everybody else has the same point. And if we do that, I think that we'll be able to not get up to that point of uh, um, I just wanted to uh, end off on, in, in Hazino, it says, the mention is mitzavim to go up the Hanavoy. And what he told for two averes, Hashem yaltem be b'toich b'nei Yisrael, and v'leikidashtim. And also it has to be there's one marisem, and and lehemantem. So with one thing that he did by hitting the rock, he was able four averes. Winning four averes. The thing because what you did with that one hit. 
you did four things. I'll give you what that pshat is. Moshe Rabbeinu lived with Klal Yisrael, and he knew they were always giving him a hard time. And Mimele, he, he never got to the Madrege to understand why he should speak to them. You got to give him another hit in the head. Right? And he saw this when he came down and, and, and he's speaking to the rock and nothing happens. So maybe it needs a good patch because that's the way he perceives Claudius Yisrael as a, bun, a pain in the neck. And therefore he doesn't see the tzitzkis of Claudius Yisrael to the point that the Benisham says to him, just tell him to be good and will be good. He doesn't see that. You didn't believe in me. Marisim means simply you didn't listen. You hit. I told you to, to talk. The other two, what I said here, is ma'altem, is you said that God can't do something. In other words, by the fact that you hit, you said that God can't make happen by speaking. And kidashtem, if you would have done that, they would have seen what God expects of them. That even a rock, once you hit it, the next time you can speak to it. So you are people. So you surely should be. So you would have been kidashtim. And those things you didn't do. And therefore, one action can do four different things. And therefore, when we, when we, when we do things, when we think we're only doing one thing, really we're doing many things. That's the part that we have to always keep in mind. Rashi says, before he died. Says, if not now, when? So obviously, you got to do when you're alive. But I think the reason a person puts it off is because he does see the goodness of, of Claudius soil. It may not register him, but maybe after that Maisa, he started to look deeper into the goodness of Claudius soil. And he saw they're really good people. And, okay, you know, like anybody, we have a problem. But they're good people. So therefore, the Rebbeinu should learn him. So he waits for the last moment he possibly can to be impressed as much as he can to give him over the bracha that he feels they deserve. Okay. Now it says he came from Sinai and he came to Seir and he went to Poland. Seir is Esau, Poland is Yishmael. Poland is Yishmael and they didn't want to tell you. Now, we know that the Benjamin supposedly went to all the nations of the world and asked them if they wanted the Taylor. And they all turned it down. But the Taylor only mentions two, Esau and Yishmur. And I think the reason for that is, is because the only ones that he really needed to give the Taylor to as the children of Avram is Esau and Yishmur. Esau is Mamish has all Kedusha all the way down, Avram Yitzchak, Yaakov, uh, Yaakov Yitzchak, right? 
So he has, has, has the real Kedusha of Klai Yisrael in him. And Yishmael is the son of Avram. his son. And therefore these two deserve the Torah, but they don't want it. And you gotta understand, what do you mean they don't want it? So supposedly Esau asked the question, what is saying the Torah? And the Torah says, you're not allowed to kill. He says, how can I say you're not allowed to kill? I live with my by the sword. Now, it's a very strange thing. You're going to say that a, the world will tolerate a country that that just kills and invades people, does whatever it wants. The world will get nothing and destroy them. You say, what did Rome do? I don't know what that Rome did that. You know, they definitely came and raped every country. But they may have also done good things for the countries. I don't know. I have no idea how Rome got away with it. But basically, everyone would attack and they wouldn't let you get away with it. So how come they did? Because we're talking about people that kill for the good. What do you mean they kill for the good? The CIA, right? They want to assassinate. I remember the guy in Chile uh, assassinated. So it was a whole big tumult politically, you know, whether they do the right thing, the wrong thing, whatever it is. But the idea is they feel certain people deserve to be killed and they kill them. Now who's gonna do the killing? We're not trained. So there's a people that, that only were, by the Hashishim, which was where Hashish got its name or, or where the assassin got its name from Hashish. So that they would rent themselves out as assassins, okay, no point. So we need assassins sometimes. The same thing applies with Yishmoel. So what does it say in the Torah, you're not allowed to steal? You're not allowed to steal, so how am I gonna do business? You know, if we don't cheat a little bit in business and stuff like that, we're not gonna have any millionaires, any billionaires. It's not gonna be so good, so people are not gonna wanna go into business. So you gotta give them something, you know. You you're, you got the, the thing in your hand. You have the ability. That's all because they don't believe in God, obviously. Because they believe in God, but God would give it to them. So it's not a kasha. But lemaise, that's the way it is. So therefore, they they don't they don't believe that they, that you can do it in the honesty. So therefore, they can't accept the tale. Okay. So Rashi says, black fire on white fire. So now let's understand what fire is. The way if I were to describe to you light, uh, electricity, what does electricity does? It makes heat, because it makes cold too. And it makes light. So if you have a fire, a fire makes heat and light. But no, we got black fire, so it's not making any light. So therefore, fire does not have to make light. So therefore, I don't know, I don't know what I'm saying, if it has anything to do with electricity or not, but there may be the issue of fire is not to light a fire that has light or heat, but to create a, a, 
a, I guess, a connection that can make light and heat. And that would be make the electric connection. And that would, could be a derise then. I don't know. So I'm saying I don't know what I'm talking about, basically. But something to think about because to understand the chuvas of, of, of the chazanish and, 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 uh, oh boy. Paimaisa on what electricity is, on the use of electricity, maybe in the understandable shishivas itself. She seems to hold all electricity that are The chazanish holds making the connection is the raisa. And Chaim Meza holds electricity is, is fire. Okay, so all of these things are things to think about, I think, from this Pesach. Then it says, This is a lesson we teach at the first, this is the first thing you have to teach every child in Kuala Yisrael. Now, what am I teaching when I'm teaching that Moshe taught us is an inheritance from Yankiv. In other words, it wasn't Moshe's Teire. It's your Teire he taught you. It's yours. It wasn't Moshe's Teire. It's your Teire. And what, do you, and what does it mean, your Teire? It's in you already. I don't know the exact translation. It should be Yerusha. Moshe. So I think Marosha means that you already inherited it. It's yours. It's in you. You have just have to bring it out. That's all it is. You need someone to reteach you, reteach you, really, because the Malach taught you in the stomach every all the tale in the world. That's why you got the good shot in the head to forget it. But if you didn't have that, you wouldn't have been able to learn the tale. So this is just memory work. And this is something that you, it's in everyone's hands to do this. And that's what you have to do. So, and, and then God thing you notice in the Gemara, unless they're touching the word Marosha, the whole Pasig is brought down. Normally they bring down two words from Pasig of Hulu of Gaina. And here you need all the words because all the words are important here. You have to understand it's your tail, it's in you. You can do it. There's nothing, there's no excuse really. Okay. Now I think we have to understand this chet. And on then it has Yehuda, it's out of water. Shimon he didn't give a bracha to, so therefore Shimon is not here. But the next guy should be Levi. Ruben Shimon Levi, so if you don't give Shimon, so it should be Levi, it should be number two. And he went to Yehuda, which was number three, and he, and he gave him number two. Why is he out of order? So Rashi says, because who caused Rovain to be Maida? Yehuda. When Yehuda was Maida on the Maisa of Toma, so he said, do you think that's bad? You know what I did? I did something that was really terrible or something like that. Now, let's understand, why do you wait for a point of that? Because what he did was people make, may, may think that he was a good guy. What did he do? He went and he took the bed out of, out of Billa and he put it into Leia's house, into Leia. Now, if anyone's going to be number two, it's going to be Leia. Right? So that's what he, he went and did. 
And for that, tremendous punishment. He was the Kahuna, he was the Malchus. You have a child who be maybe even disappear. He needed, he needed Bracha. Bracha. And people would say, you know, he stood up for his mother. It's not wrong, it's the right thing to do. Yaakov was, was, was embarrassing her, and he stood up for his mother. You know, so people may think he's right. So therefore he couldn't admit that he did it because by doing that, people will say, yeah, you're a hero for half the world, Robin Hood. You're a crook, but you're a hero to half the world. You steal from the rich and give to the poor. So therefore he couldn't do it. So he waited until Somebody did something so bad that everybody understands it's bad. Now we know that Yehuda was not that, or Benisham did it, the Tfilas, whatever it is, that's irrelevant. But how does it look to the world? It looked like, like Yehuda went and picked up a Zaina and, and, went, and went and have a baby. And that, you know, hey, you're talking about Yehuda. Don't give me that stuff, how holy he is. He's what he was. So on that he can say, he thinks that's bad. What I did is a lot worse. And let's understand what did he do that was a lot worse. And this is what I think. I think, you know, Yaakov was also not a stupid man, right? So why would Yaakov do something that he understands he's riling up six of his sons? that somehow he's doing something that's embarrassing six of his sons, the Menelaya. He's not interested in starting up with his sons. The Pshad is he had a big question in his mind what to do. He had two wives, not number one and number two. He had two number one wives. One was more personal, that was Rachel. One was Klai Yisrael, that's Leah. Lay is more than half of Klai Yisrael, Malchus, and 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 Kuhune. All the all the all the stuff is from from her. So therefore, I have two wives. What do I do? I have my thing by by Rachel, and if I put it in Leia, then people are going to say she was number two, and Lay was never number two. Lay was number one. So you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put it in a shifcha's house. And that's, that was Bilo. Now nobody can accuse me that I embarrassed Leah. So how come Ruben made such a goof? If it was such a cheshben that Ruben made, I mean that Yaakov made, that it shouldn't be, that anyone should feel that he's insulting Leah, why is it that, yeah, that, that Ruben did goof? Because Ruben was there by the argument between Rachel and Leah when he brought back the Dudoyim, the flowers, and Rachel wanted the Dudoyim. And Leah, and they were arguing there, and, he said, and Leah said, you stole my husband and everything. So in his mind, Leah was number two. But Leah considered herself number two. And therefore, it was an insult. But in reality, he avoided the insult by doing that. And therefore, really, I don't believe it's a bed. You know, uh, first of all, Yanka was a rich man, and I don't see him pulling a bed, carrying a bed every night. 
you're going somewhere else. It's ridiculous. He could have bought six beds and he has no problem. Four beds, man, and he has no problem. So why did he carry a bed? So I think it means a dresser. In other words, my clothes, I kept in one place. I didn't have to have six, four pairs of clothes. So therefore, he kept it in one place. He picked up at night whatever he needed. And that was in, in, in the house of, of, of Rachel, and then he that put that into Bula. Now, the, the question is then, why are we mentioning this whole thing here? This is a personal thing of Reuven and Yehuda. It has nothing at all to do with Klai Yisrael. But the idea is it does have to do with Klai Yisrael. Reuven made a declaration. You don't argue with the Gadol. You don't argue with the Gadol because he has a reason. You may not agree with his reason, and probably if he would have explained it to him, he probably would have agreed with his reason. But the truth is, I don't know, but the Gadol has his reason, and therefore if he gives a, a command or an, or an order or whatever you want to call it, we have to follow it because he has he is in charge and he gave, has a reason for what he's doing, what he's doing. He's not a Mishugana. And that's what he established, established authority. And that was a big important thing. And because he established authority through Yehuda's agreement, I mean, to do his Haidoye, so therefore Yehuda got back to get into Elam which he wasn't able to do before. Now, by Levi, that was a very interesting thing Rashi says. That Levi, he's talking about the time of the Hashmanoim. One of the Baruchas he gives, he gives them Hashmanoim that they should be able to, because they were only four. Uh, now, here's the question to me only 13 or only 14? That, uh, that fought many tens of thousands. That'd be crazy. How is, how is that, that those two, they couldn't even possibly win a war. It's impossible. Even if your, your, your bench makes it that every time you stab somebody, you kill somebody. You know, to stab somebody is not push it. To stab somebody, you got to go through with all the skishkis. So you have to shove that, that knife in, that sword in, right? And then take it out. That takes, what, a minute? Half a minute. How much time do you have before they all get that around you and seal you and chop your head off? So how many, how many are you going to kill before they kill you? So you need a tremendous nest here. I don't know what the nest was and how it worked. It doesn't make a difference to me. But Venge made a victory. Now the question is, it says here that it was Hashminoi Uvanov. No, it doesn't say Hashminoi Uvanov. That's the sign. It says here... The uh, fee... They were little, why? The 12 sons of Hashmanoi and Elozis, that's 13. Doesn't count Hashmanoi himself. Right? But we say, he may, what is the name? Matisio ben Yechon Kohen Godel, Hashmanoi Uvanov. Kishyom de So obviously, he was also part of the fight. So therefore, it means 14 people. 
But 14 people that went out to die, I mean, it's crazy. They didn't go out to win. They went out to die. Obviously, we're going to take some of those Greeks with us, but the idea is that we don't expect to live. And they did live. So we see this, uh, this Keach. We find it by Rabbi Akiva too. What did Rabbi Akiva, maybe he learned it from Chashmanoim. When Papas uh, asked Rabbi, uh, Rabbi Akiva, what are you doing here? You know, why were they doing? He told me I learned Torah by Rabbim. That's what they take me. So for that, why were you, why, why, why were you mice and nefesh? The only things that you need uh, is Yahweh, Yahweh is, is three mitzvahs, not Talmud Torah. Talmud is not part of it. You didn't do right, Rabbi Akiva. So Rabbi Akiva answered him. doesn't answer him. You know, Papas, if I wouldn't do it, there's no more Torah in the world. It's gone. So that's a good reason, right? But he didn't say that. He said, he gives him a marshal with fish and a fox. There was fish running from a fisherman. And the fox says to him, well, why don't you come up on a dry land and live here? And he says, you know, I can't live where I'm supposed to live. And you're asking me to come up there and live without it. I can't live without Torah. I'm a fish without water. Take it away. I'm not telling you. I just can't live without Taylor. And therefore, because of that, I'm allowed to be mice and nefesh. Just like the Hashmanoim said, we don't want to live like Greeks. Nobody was chepping you. No one's telling you to do Avedizor. I mean, they want you to do Avedizor, but no one's holding the gun at you and said, do Avedizor will kill you. They just said, you know, this is a nice, wonderful life. Look at all the good chaza we eat. Look at all the azrayas we have. And look at all of this and that. And you do whatever you want. And it's a fantastic life. In fact, fantastic elam So why don't you want it? So we don't want to live like Greeks. And that's enough to be able to be Moisenefish for. So I was wondering, if Taki, according to that logic, if there's, let's say, somebody with have Shabbos, and they go return to Michal Shabbos. And then the Michal Shabbos is no issue at all uh, if he told you that he holds a gun on you because uh, yeah, you say, uh, there's no din v'yavah v'yavah. But what happens if a person feels, I can't, I just can't, it would kill me to do it. Maybe he's allowed to be the Bimais and Nefesh at that point, I don't know. But the life from these people. Sorry? Sometimes on your kipper, some people didn't want to fast. Right, and they had to do, right. That's what I'm saying, especially older people, that the doctor says, you must eat on your kipper. And he says, I can't, doc, I can't. Stop saying I don't want to. Of course I want to eat, but I can't. It's, it's, it's uh, Baruch Hashem that we have such people that becomes part of us to such a degree that we can't. You know, we tend to forget Shiloh. 
I don't know why exactly. Don't pull. It's almost 400 years, 380-something, 87. I'm not sure. No, not around that number. That she lay stood. And that was the base Hamikdash. It wasn't. It wasn't a bias in the sense of a sand. It had no roof. Roof was a tent, but it had walls. And it was where everybody came. Came for the Shalashri Golan. And you want to bum this as long as she lay stood. You had great Kohanim Gedolim there. The Ikim, the one of the Yaidid from the Midbar, those Kohanim Gedolim were there. Kaisen Aviyam were there, Shmuel, others. But you had that this was a place of Kedushas. How come we forgot it? I think Yerushalayim made such an impression on us, and that's what Rashi says, that Yerushalayim, once Yerushalayim came in, everything became also, came down there. And it's not only the way Samikdash in Yerushalayim, it's Yerushalayim that's holy. It's it's a more very, Shiloh, there's no city of Shiloh. Shiloh is a building, except that around that building there was a certain area that was considered Kachim, Kaddish Kadashim, whatever it is there. But it was a building. But Yerushalayim is a city. And that city does a lot. It's not just a, a place for the Besamigdish that's formed in there. It's the Makmatera, Kimirish, and Timitsi and Tetzi Tera. It's everything. The Malchus is there. Everything is there. And the thing, and it has a dinner Machnuvia. It's it's it it uh, it it it's a very holy a holy place, Yerushalayim. So maybe I think that's what we tend to forget, because when we, even when we talk about Yerushalayim, we don't really talk about the Beis Hamikdash. We talk about Yerushalayim, right? So I'm saying so that's a big zach. I think that makes us forget a little bit. Rashi says an interesting thing. The uh, horns of an ox are strong, but not, not nice. The horns of Raim are nice, but not strong. I don't know exactly what they are, but I would assume you see a deer has uh, like many branches on, uh, on its horns. It looks very nice. It's not just the one thing sticking up. So obviously, in defense of something, Two things sticking up going to gore somebody, and they can kill somebody that way. Um, you know, by bullfighting, you see that in the favorite, what the what 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 an ox what an ox can do, bull can do. But Raim, it's not so not so strong. In a sense, because it's thinner and it's spread out, whatever it is, and it doesn't hit the guy, you know, in the kishis like it's supposed to. So that's the problem. So it's very nice, but it doesn't do too much. So Bensha made that by Yeshua, whatever that means, was both strength and beauty. I don't know what the beauty of an army is, but whatever it is, was strength and beauty. 
he also brings down that he killed the lamed aleph and lachim, and he says doesn't make sense without his soil, no matter how big it is, and it wasn't that big really. Had thirty one kings in it. Ella, that every country wanted to have a place in Elti's soil. An embassy. An embassy. Uh, more than an embassy. They actually wanted to own land and, and, and then say this we have a, a little Malchus, a little principality over there. And what did they gain from that? I think what you have is something like what the uh, oh boy, who were they? When they go, went to fight for Yoshki, they attacked what I called the. Uh, okay, how can I wait like that? We're going to see. You know, the guys who established, who, who, who conquered Jerusalem, and when, what are you? Crusaders. Huh? The Crusaders. Crusaders. And they killed a tremendous amount of Jews, right? But they captured Jerusalem and they made a kingdom out of it. I think they made three kingdoms they had. But what do they make a kingdom? City. It's a big kingdom here, stuff like that. We won. It represents we have something in the biggest place in the world in Yerushalayim, the holiest place, and we have a Malchus there. And that was the, the point. So also is obviously here also with an Indian at the Avashtikal Malchus in the in Yerushalayim. What what didn't they had? Were they really called kings, like the king Yerushalayim. Let's be realistic, there are different types of kings. There's kings of small country, kings of big countries. There's a king, uh, one of the kings, he's called an emperor, and that's called an empire. We still have kings in an empire. Rashvelish had many kings under him. And even in the Gaishi empires that we had during, uh, during medieval times, the, uh, the Holy Roman Empire, but they had countries under them who was called the king of this, the king of that, the king of that. And that means like the highest official in that part of the world, in that part of the thing. How much power does he have against the emperor? He probably has no power against the emperor. But Lamaise, uh, as long as he's, the emperor is not involved, he has full power, even power of life and death. And uh, that's probably what the Lama Aleph and Lochem were in that sense, even though those small areas, I don't know how many people a, a city could produce, you know, but you gotta understand, you, know, you got 600,000 uh, Jewish soldiers, that's, that's a pretty nice size army. And you can put 20,000 people against them, that's no big deal, right? So obviously these countries, these cities had more and stronger People and that's what it says in the Taylor. Like they're not, they're not, they're not giving you little guys and giving you big armies that are going to be against you, and therefore they must have a tremendous amount of people that have the sense. Now, this, I think, it says, "Leviyama, Uviyaminama, Leyesufama, Lezulanama." But it doesn't say that about Yisachah. That Baruch of Yisachah is not talking to Yisachah. It's talking to Zulam. 
זבורון אומה, תנתדי סוחר אומה, זבורון אומה. משמע אמונתני יסוחת אז אני אתברוכה, because יסוחת learns תהיה all day long, he don't need ברוך, he's taken care of by God without any problem. That's not a problem. ישי דבורז לזבורון, ואיתלדנו נות יוסחוס ומז יסוחוס יוסחוס. The fact that you made this deal with Yisochel, you're going to support him. And support him with Yisochel's Vulundil, not like the Yisochel's Vulundils that the Yisrael they can make. I hate to say this, but I think that they're Mavazi the tailor. They ask usually, because I was once involved in this and I refused to do this part. I said the Chazvenish did it, so I said, okay, according to Chazvenish you can say it, but I will not say that's the din. How many Yisrochah's Vulans do you want? Yisrochah's Vulans is $10,000, let's say. That time was $7,000. But $10,000. You give $10,000, I give it to a younger man, and you have a Yisrochah's Vulan deal. Right? Very nice. So what's Yisrochah's Vulan deal go? You give me money, and I get half your tailor. So I'd rather be a rich man and give for 50 Yisrochah's Vulans and I'll be in Olam Habar doing all the schmutz I want because I got all, all, that, all that Torah behind me. So obviously that can't be. You want our kids to be Tamid Chachamim. So therefore, you can never be more than a half. Or a, a half is always a whole. I mean, each one is whole. That could be. But you can't be more than that. And, and the Talmud Chachim is, is also that. And he has full That means you have to pay him about half of your money. I don't mean half the money that's in the bank, maybe. But maybe the income that you make, you may have to give him half of it. Now, this is what you did. He, he's giving you half of your tailor, so you got to give him half of your income. Now, he doesn't need that much. You're true, he doesn't need that much, but you got to give it to him. That's already a harder deal to do. People can't live up to it. And the Rosh Hashiva said, interestingly, there was one guy in Yeshiva that found possibly someone that would do that with him. And he told him, it doesn't pay for you to do that because you couldn't live up to it. Because if you become a Zvulun, Zvulun means like a pail. That means you can't take a drink of water. There's no 10 o'clock break. There's no coffee break. You gotta be learning, you can't bench all the bunchings that you have to do. You can't have no full shmanesla. These are the things that you do because you're a worker and you have to learn tailor all day and we can't live up to that. So therefore, don't do it. Today they try it. Huh? Today they advertise people to do it. Today they advertise and they want people to do it. Yeah, you understand. So I don't know how that's wrong. You know, they may advise you to tailor. Yeah. yeah. And this is the... By by the uh, what is it the Shashid and this is the holiest Yisrochus Vulun deal in the world. So what do you give him? Ten thousand dollars, five thousand dollars. The public cable takes off two thousand for themselves. Who knows what they do? Mashma from the Pasik that God knew that Moshe Rabbeinu is going to be buried there. And uh, could be that they knew that Moshe is going to die 
when when he hit the rock and thing over there. And that may be before they made their, their, their thing, their petition for, for the land of Sikhan and Oi. But they could have taken two halves. There's two halves. There's Ruben's half and, 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 and God's half. I don't know how they picked and who picked and how they're entitled to pick. I would assume that I explained it when we learned Matis that you first find Ruben and Bnei God who had a lot of sheep. And then it says, How come Ruben took the back seat? After the beginning, he starts off as, as the first one because he's the Bukhar, he's the, the first. Uh, so he's the one that's supposed to do it. So why'd you put him down to, back, to the back seat? Elevos, Ruven didn't talk. The after, like this, when Ruven, when we talk about Ruven personally, Ruven always missed the line right away. As soon as something happened, Ruben has an opinion, right? Whether it's about sending Binyamin down, whatever it is, it's an opinion. He always does something. Of course, he's the Bukhar. He has that, 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 I guess, that push, that whatever it is to be involved in everything. But if he was told, Pachas Kamayim, you, you judge, you jump too fast, so all of a sudden he holds back and he doesn't do anything. And I think until he has to go like the Rambam to say Achlin, which maybe takes place in the virus time, which says that they can't make a decision already. That's how bad it became. And now they can go back to being a shaver, to go back to, their, to, to, to the middle. But until that time, they were still training. So therefore, they're not going to revolt against Moshe Rabbeinu. God's coming, so we'll hang around with you. But we're not starting. But as far as saying what they had, that they give the cover to Ruben, because Ruben is the older one. Okay, so it could be that God has his part in, in, in getting them to land. Maybe he had the right to pick first. I don't know. Whatever it is, but in the end, they picked that land. Rashi says about Osho, he doesn't understand the Bach, he says it was a free that they had a lot of sons. I don't know what that means. And then there was no one that had this beautiful woman as as Osho and they and they married to the Khan and they were the uh, the most sort of wives. So exactly why Osho was Eichet to it it doesn't say, but it says but obviously he had both both the sons and the daughters. Well, to understand, uh, I'm going to take a psakadol shiva and to understand how we have to be careful with stuff of the Middle Ages. There's a machlekis, I don't know really if it's a machlekis, I just think it's a chumra of 
Chazani, of the Beit Shlebur, but the Orach HaShulchan and the Rosh Hashiva definitely don't hold it. Now it's the Rishonim, that they were not available for about 400 years. Now it's Rishonim's period ended, let's say, around 1500s, and they first came out in the 1900s. Why? Because the all of these things were were held in the Vatican. And they did all the rewriting and stuff like that, all the um, manuscripts that you found. You never found a manuscript, from, let's say, from Rashi himself. You found manuscripts from people who learned from Rashi, or learned from, learned from people who learned, who learned, who learned, who learned, who learned, who learned from Rashi. Five years back, and each one has a manuscript the way he hears it, and therefore you'll have differences between one manuscript and the other manuscript. And we don't exactly know what they hold. That, 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 that's, that's a fair thing. But then, besides that, the ones that were held in the Vatican, you don't know who wrote over any of these, these manuscripts. It could have been the monks. And the monks, by doing this, would sometimes stick in kfirah, in the in the manuscript. So there was a manuscript that was discovered, even though it's brought down, I think, by the Chuskuni, but I guess the Rashiva didn't see it, I don't know, but I don't think he would have stopped him anyway, that said that the last eight sukkim of the Torah were written by David Amalch. And that we see from Rashi is Kfira. The Torah has to be written by Moshe Rabbeinu, and that's it. Or the last Epsukim written by, by Yeshua, dictated by Moshe, whatever it is. But as far as the, uh, the thing, it cannot be written by Dover So that's Kfir. So that's, that book should be destroyed. I, it's from Yehuda Chosset. doesn't make a difference. That's Kfir. Now, how did he get Kfir in it? Because they injected their ideas into the in this form. I don't know exactly what this idea made, made, made a difference in, or maybe just as a point of kfir on the whole Torah, that who says Moshe wrote it, and this is written by David. Uh, somebody else could have written the middle, and stuff like that. And therefore, there was kfir. Um, now, this is, we're up against ourselves. We have no choices. We have to decide ourselves which what's good and what's not good. We can't really know because we don't know what's ta- contaminated in that. Most Achoyim stuff is not contaminated. They, 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 the, the church wasn't interested in it. But the Rishayim stuff, is, it could be contaminated. So you have to read them very well. So there's the Mishabura discusses the Indian in Yonim of being Machmir, the Rambam's halochas on Shabbos. And he brings down that a ben should do it. A ben should do it. Didn't say about his wife. Didn't say about his children. They don't have to do it. The Shiva used a lotion once to one of the Bachman Shiva. Don't you know the halacha is not like the Rambam? Am I supposed to know? And the Orashukhan says in the Farish that these Rishonim, so what's the purpose of the Rishonim? 
since we can't count them in, as, as, as changing the law. Now, it's still the 400 years we didn't know about these Rishonim. So the law was that we would arrive not to do this way. And now you're going to change the law and say, oh, we found some more Rishonim, and therefore, like this, we're going to change the law. It was wrong till now. All those guys did wrong. Can't be such a thing. So obviously, it's not made to be counted. So what's the purpose of it? The thing is, there's no halacha you can't trigger on a Rishon. It's pretty silly to do it because he knew a lot more than you did. And if he says something, he understood things more than you do. But what happens if I have so many riots, but I'm a chicken? I'm afraid to do it. And in the end, I find one of these Lashonim agrees with me. Now I have the guts. Now I can say, oh, I have Lashonim on my side. Doesn't make a difference. I may be reason to say, eh, you're not going to be faked for this thing. And therefore, he goes and he passes like himself, and he has the kayak to pass like himself. That's the point of it. Now, Moshe Rabbeinu, the main issue went and showed him everything that can happen. Now, I don't know, in a way, that's called happy and not happy. Said Ad Yem Hachrin, the one that he learned instead of Yom Hachrin, Ad Yem Hachrin. He showed them all the, the lands when they were good, when they were built, and when they were destroyed, and what do you call it? And that that probably hurts him a lot. I mean, we I, we conquered this land. I brought in the soil. I brought good people there, and then they, they got failed during the days. And it's true, I knew about it. God told me it's going to happen. Uh, but seeing it, the prayer was a big difference than, than hearing about it. So the question is, why did God do it? I don't know. So I think, though, but he also showed him now. What he showed him now? It's not a it's not just soil the way it's supposed to be under the trailer, under what he called but it's hidden, living in Elsie's soil, in a land that the Rebbeinshim gave them, that produces so much food and stuff, that you don't have any problems. I remember there was a white paper, I don't, the white paper I don't remember, but I read about it in 1939. They put out a white paper that and England put out this white paper, by the way, that Jews are not allowed into, into Palestine. Why? Because Palestine can't support more than a certain amount of people, and if you would be open, uh, what do you call it? In other words, when they're coming from the German countries and from the Nazis and all this to save themselves, they'll be swamped and they couldn't, the land couldn't produce enough food. So they, they made an injunction, you can't go to Palestine. So the Jews were locked out. But of course, there were Jews that tried anyway, and they were caught. The ones that weren't caught got away with it, but the ones that were caught were sent to Cyprus and put into concentration camps by England. It wasn't like the Nazis, they weren't out to kill them, but they put them in a concentration camp. And I was in El Tisrael the first time, that was 1974. 
ישבה רגע, הרב דוד פנדל. He's also a big Talmud Chacham, but a big scientist. And we were, we got at that time, we're standing outside the Nabi, Nabi, Nabi Shmuel. And we're just one of his kever. I went to see it. I'm standing outside, and I asked him a question. I said, I came here, I expected to see from the white paper that there's no, nothing growing, nothing there. I see so much empty land. They can plant on this empty land. I don't see people for miles and miles and miles. How much land, how much can El Israel produce now? If everybody just lives in a few cities, where's the food coming from? So he said at that time, El Israel could produce for 30 million people. Even now it only has 10 million. 30 million people. And then they discovered even a Gresrechachme or whatever it is that they can grow with this written of hyperconics. That they can grow in a, uh, in, in a one of these trucks, one of the, you know, the, the backs of a truck, containers, whatever you're going to a container. If every grocery store would have one container, they can grow in it overnight whatever vegetables they really need, whatever fruits that they need. Unbelievable. Why don't they use it? Because then all the farmers are out of business. And then we got a problem economically, what to do with them. It can be done. And could be that in the South they have it done here in the uh, Dixie, uh, whatever, the Win Dixie stores. It's supposed to be, uh, I heard, that you can go over into the vegetable department and pick your own vegetables and your own fruit from the trees and the, and the things that grow there. Now, how do they got it to do? I mean, it took over years, not over years, that I can't answer you. But it seems to be they're using some of this technology that was discovered in Elsesville. So when he say we see that Moshe Rabbeinu Taka, by seeing everything, is seeing glory yet. He still yet to see the Mashiach yet to come. And stuff, and that's out that he will see. But he'll see the final glory too. Anyway, have a good Shabbos, a good Yontif. He should all be Zaychet Taka to sit in the sickest of it. And what he called the Mishibzeichet, the Mashiach, that David and Mehelabi Amenu, and I mean that literally, Mehelabi Amenu, because I think the world can't possibly take it. And that's also maybe one point. It says Moshe Rabbeinu was built, buried, moved, and Tesis goes between the Chapel and whatever I should talk to him. The Yalkut says something else. It says every time Pa'ur raises his head, Moshe gets out from his grave and knocks him down. Now, what do you mean? Pa'ur's have it is all. Pa'ur can't get out of heaven. So, obviously, means the, the ideas of Pa'ur. What are the ideas of Pa'ur? Ideas of Pa'ur is if it's natural, it's good. There's nothing to stop you. So, Znus was good. So, that's why it's a natural tendency. Everybody have chaos, liberalism, whatever you want to call it. That's good because it's natural. 
That's what we're taking care of. You were natural, have those natural tendencies, then use them. Whatever it is, even though it's schmutz and everything else that you can do, but use them. So every time liberalism gets to that degree, Moshe Rabbeinu rises and knocks it down. Right now, it's up there very high. Let's see what Moshe Rabbeinu does. Yes, Hashem, he should bring, uh, knock it down, but knock it down with the shafts that came this time. Okay, have a good Shabbos.